Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 467, and today we're going to be going over six tips to grow your Amazon business or e-commerce business, for that matter, using outsourcing, and I've got an expert in this field, and his name is Nathan Hirsch. And uh, well, he kind of started like we did. He uh, started a drop shipping business. Now we might not have done that, but he's been in this space for a while and he's seen very quickly how much work it was to run a business when you were trying to scale it. So he started to hire other people to help him with outsourcing and with VAs, as we call them, virtual assistants and just independent contractors in a sense. So what I decided to do is get Nathan on because he is an expert in this field and I really wanted to pick his brain. I wanted to kind of go through what it takes to start this whole process, but more importantly, how to go through the process and when to decide you really need this because some of us are just starting and we think to ourselves, well, we don't really need any outsourcing and the truth to that is, is you probably could use it to speed up the process and probably do a better job, whether that's graphics, whether that's content, whether that's bookkeeping, it doesn't really matter at any stage of your business. You could probably use a virtual assistant or an independent contractor to help you grow your business. All right. So what we're going to be discussing again is these six tips and I'll just give you those really quickly, but we're going to dig deep into these. It's really about how to identify that first task to take off your plate. And that's a big one. The other one is identifying the perfect worker and setting a budget. What can you afford and what is it worth to you? The other one is interviewing to find the best. How do you interview? What are we going to ask these people? How are we going to know that they're a good worker for us or an independent contractor? All right. The next one is setting expectations. The other one is integrating into your business. How do we get them now integrated into the business so they can become part of our team in a sense? It's kind of like your sourcing agent. I've talked about this in the past. You're building a relationship with them. So that way there, they can be part of your team. They are going to help you ultimately build and grow your business. All right. So you need to think about every person that you're bringing into your business. They're part of your team. All right. Start thinking about it that way. And I'm telling you, you will enter the game with a team and then win the game with a team because you're going to be able to lean on other people in their strengths and only do what you really are going to excel at. And I've always talked about that even with a business partnership. All right. And then the last one we're going to talk about is setting up regular communication methods and how you can do this. So this way here, you're not on, you know, Skype or the phone for like an hour discussing everything. You can kind of set it up. So this way here, you can have that regular communication, see what's happening, but then more importantly, getting stuff done. All right. So that's really what we're going to be talking about. I'm really excited to share this with you. I had no idea how it was going to go with Nathan, but it went really, really well. And uh, we dug into some really good points and tips and things that you can do when you're going through this process all the way from deciding, even if it's the right time for you. But if you're at all thinking about growing your business, whether it's now or even in the future, this is a must listen to episode. I think you're going to take a ton away from this and take it from Nathan, someone that was in our shoes in a sense to where they were building a business, trying to scale it, and then decided to reach out, find other people, but then getting obsessed with that process to where he's like, you know what? There's got to be an easier way that I can find people, but then also vet them out quicker and come up with this process and build a small army in a sense of 
ones that he kind of vets and then recruits and uh, and then from there decide if they're the right fit for your business. So I'm going to stop talking now so you can listen to this episode. Uh, the show notes to this episode will be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 467. And again, this is six tips to grow your Amazon business using outsourcing with Nathan Hirsch. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Well, hey, Nathan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, Scott. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm really excited to dive into this topic today because a lot of people don't realize that they can get help in their business to help them grow the business, and you don't have to be this huge company. Like A lot of people think that you have to uh, you know, be at a certain level before you start thinking about hiring, and I know myself personally, when I got out of the brick-and-mortar business, I was like, I'm not hiring anyone ever again. I don't want employees, um, but I do now uh, hire VAs and stuff like that. I know that you have a thing to say or about those, uh, those topics. So yeah, really excited to have you, man. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, so, okay, what I want to do is I really want to give people some actionable stuff that they can walk away with, but I want to talk about, like, from your experience and kind of, like, maybe even going back to your story, like, how did you get even introduced to, like, VAs and hiring and and kind of, like, you know, even helping other businesses, you know, hire people for, you know, them to grow? Like, so kind of take us back your story a little bit to kind of let us know where Nathan comes from. Yeah, so it's been kind of a whirlwind. I was thrown into it. I, I started off as a broke college student looking for extra beer money um, back in 2008, 2009. And I started buying and selling people's textbook just to make an extra dollar here and there. Um, I started finding these online vendors to sell books from. And I came across Amazon one day. Mm. And I, I just became addicted to it. I was obsessed with it. I wanted to sell really cool products like sporting equipment and TVs and computers. And for six months, I just failed over and over again. And finally, I jumped outside my comfort zone and I started experimenting with baby products and toys. And I found out I was really good as a 20-year-old single college guy selling baby products on Amazon. So I started to grow this dropshipping business. And before I knew it, I was running this multi-million dollar Amazon business out of my college dorm room. I got into Amazon at a great time. Oh, wow. And as I was growing this business, I, I figured it was about time I should start paying taxes. So I met with an accountant and, <laughs> and he looked at me and he was like, okay, so when are you going to start hiring? And I kind of shrugged him off. I was like, why would I do that? I want to keep the money in my pocket. No one can do it as, mu- as well as I can. Um, it, this is fun for me. I can do this forever. And he just laughed in my face and he was like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got hit with my first busy season, uh, my first two busy seasons, and, and they totally destroyed me. I had no idea what was in store. I was balancing school and um, be, being in a fraternity and everything that goes on when you're in college with running this e-commerce business. I was getting crazy amount of orders. And, and you know with Dropship, I mean, mm. it's everything from managing tracking numbers, customer service to um, placing orders on different websites. And as I, I finally survived that first busy season, I was like, whoa, okay, I can't do this myself. And I started hiring my first employee and I got really lucky. And it was my business partner, Connor, who's been working with me for eight years. But oh, wow. over the next five years of hiring, I made a lot of bad hires as well. And it was kind of a balance of good and bad. And I just wanted there to be a better way. Mm. So when a friend of mine introduced me to Odesk or the Upworks of the world, yeah. I became addicted to it. I was I, I wanted to build a VA army, and I really did. And I became de- determined to not only build a VA army, but build the best of the best and come up with systems and process to vet these VAs. And 
as I grew that and I was talking to other Amazon sellers who really hated the process of posting jobs and interviewing them, um, I thought that there just could be a better way to use my system to get them access to this talent. And when I started giving them my Amazon VAs, they started asking for more stuff like graphic designers and developers. And and that's really how the concept um, of free up started and how I went from a broke college kid to owning two companies. You know, that's that, that's interesting because, you know, I think that everybody can learn a little bit from, you know, a story. And it's kind of like your your story is is unique in itself that, you know, you were kind of going through, you know, figuring out a way to make some money online, you know, doing drop shipping, which is not an easy thing. And then it kind of led you to where you are now. And I, I just find it interesting to kind of dig in and kind of unpack other people's stories because, Again, like you didn't know that you were going to be doing what you're doing right now until you actually got do you know got involved in this thing and said you know what I probably should do this and then you kind of got obsessed with like the power of hiring VAs and and assistants and and all that stuff so it's pretty cool man I I love listening to how things kind of unfold because everybody's got a story you know. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I mean, people always ask, like, how have you been successful? And I mean, half the battle is just surrounding yourself with really good, smart, hardworking people that make you look really good and make you money and, and cut costs. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize that. Yeah, no, 100%. And he here's the thing, though. Okay, so let's kind of, I'm going to get right to it. Like, so if I'm running a business, like you were running a business, I'm running a business, you know, when do you decide that, you know what, I should hire someone for this thing. Cause me personally, it's hard because I've always been a hands-on person. It's hard for me. And it's funny. I just had someone the other day that said, you know, I can't hire someone to do that because they can't do it as good as me. Right. And I'm sure you've heard that a thousand times. Yeah. Right. So how do you help me? Uh, you know, the person that's thinking like this, how do you, how do you help me and say, you know what, there's some things that you're probably doing over and over again or, or whatever that we could outsource that you could free up your time to actually do something else. So take me through that process. Like, how do we kind of like see when it's time? Yeah. And that's one of the lessons I learned early on is not only are there people that you can hire to do stuff, but a lot of times they can do it better than you can, <laughs> um, depending on what it is. Yeah. But yeah, when, when you're running a business, when you get to that point where you have a revenue stream, you're profitable, you're, you're actually taking a paycheck or you're very close to it. Maybe you're just reinvesting back into the company. That's usually why I advise people to start hiring. And if you have a small budget, you can look at it more as a project-by-project project basis. Hey, get someone to build my website, get, build my logo, maybe optimize one Amazon listing and really break it down. And then as your business makes more money, then you start focusing on getting some hours back in your week or in your day. Hey, let's take this two-hour task off my plate and give it to someone else so that I can spend my time on that sales, that expansion, and that marketing. So I, I start hiring people very early on, but I, for both my businesses, they were bootstrapped. I invested under $1,000 in each of them. And I just kept reinvesting into the company, but I didn't just wake up one day with 15 full-time assistants like I have now. Um, it was, hey, let's get this hour back here. Let's complete this project. And as the business grows, you add up their hours and you add more people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And, and, you know, I've learned, you know, even since I said that I would never hire again, um, I'm hiring and, uh, and we do it all the time. And it's, it's, uh, it's something that takes a little bit of an adjustment if you're not in that mindset. But like you said, once it's done, you're like, wow, I mean, things are happening and it's working really well and I'm not doing it. I'm just, I'm paying as long as the money's coming in, I can pay for it. And that's helping me free up so I can do other things. Uh, you know, I mean, for, I'm j just to give people an example. I mean, for me personally, like this podcast, like I was doing everything in the beginning. Like I was doing all of the editing. I was doing all of the transcripts. I was doing 
well, not even the transcripts. I wasn't even offering transcripts. I was doing the the show notes, which were terrible because I was doing them myself. And then I went and I hired someone to take that off my plate and they do such a better job than I even, I mean, just so much better. And it was always a pain for me to do it. Like I didn't enjoy it. I didn't want to do it. It was like, I had to take out the garbage kind of thing. I'm like, ah, I don't want to do that. It's, it's garbage night again. I don't want to drag it out to the street. It's kind of like the same idea. I didn't look forward to it. And that almost held me back from wanting to do three shows a week. Like I'm doing now. Um, and this is just like one example. Then we went to transcripts because I could find someone that could do transcripts and then that whole thing. But now it's like, it's like a machine. It's like I record and the minute I'm done recording, I send it up to Dropbox and it's get, it gets handed off. So it works really, really well. I, and I get it. I understand the power of it now. I didn't because I was a hands-on, you know, I want to do everything myself kind of guy. Uh, you know, um, so let's, let's unpack kind of like, I know you have like, like six steps, six, six hacks here to kind of outsource effectively. And I want to kind of go through them, talk a little bit about each of them, but then give people actually a framework that they can start really deciding, you know, like what, what can I do to free up more time, but then also help me build my business? Yeah. So the framework is to get away from your computer, turn your phone off, which is tougher either, even for me. Um, yep. and, and just write down with you and your business partner, you and your wife, whatever it is, a, a list of everything you do on a day to day, week to week, month to month basis and put it in, in order from easiest to hardest and then circle the three easiest things, or the three things you hate the most. And that's really your starting point. And once you get better at hiring, you can create that second list of maybe things you can't even do. Maybe it's Amazon PPC or, or graphic design or building a site, stuff that you can't really teach someone else to do, but you really need a high level person. Mm. But if you're just started hiring, focus on those easy tasks that you've done for two, three months. I always say my three month rule, I don't do anything longer than three months. Figure out those repetitive tasks that you can take off your plate that are easy to do. Yeah. I, you know, and it's, it's, I, I think for people to sit down with a pad of paper, I think is huge. And, and I don't think that people talk about it enough because we got all these apps, these fancy things that we can, that we can use. But I think it's important to do that is to sit down and write this stuff out. The other thing is, and you kind of touched on it, but I want to kind of highlight it is there may be things that you want to do but you can't do because either you don't know how to do it and, uh, or if you do know how to do it, you don't have the time to do it. So like you said, maybe, you know, in your business, and I talk a lot about, about building the business, but also like you can be working in your business or on your business and, you know, things like growth, like you should be focusing some of your time on growth, but there's some things there that you might not be able to do. Maybe you're not, maybe you don't enjoy doing the pay-per-click stuff in Amazon. Maybe you don't enjoy it. So now you got to find someone or teach someone what you do every single day to monitor that, whether you want to use a tool and then have someone monitor the tool, like we use Ignite. So if you want to have someone do that, then you would teach someone how to do that. Now that's another hard part though, for a lot of people is like, well, I got to, then I got to take time away from what I'm doing and show people how I do it. How do you, how do you do that? Yeah. And that kind of takes us into the, the first secret is you have to treat hiring as an investment and you have to look at it that way. And with investments, there comes things like protecting your investment or knowing mm -hmm. how much to invest. And then there's different parts of investing, whether it's your time, your energy, your money. And that's really the way that people go wrong. People look at hiring as the quick fix or, or something that's going to save their business or something that they're just terrified of that, that they want no part of. But it's like any other part of your business where you're investing into it, whether you're buying a new computer, whether you're getting that new office, hiring is the same way. And the first secret is really getting into that mentality that there's always going to be good investments, bad investments. No one has 
a 100% hiring hiring percentage um, in terms of success, just like no one makes all their investments succeed. Um, but you have to have that mentality to protect and look out for your investments. Yeah, I agree 100%. So, okay, so we kind of talked about like you got to identify your, your first task, right? I mean, so it's like, what is that task? And maybe just start with one so you can kind of learn that process. Would that be a good idea to maybe kind of get one thing that you know that you could try to get off and then kind of go through the process to see how it actually works for you? Absolutely. And it's all about tweaking it and adjusting the process as well. I always relate it to um, baseball. You kind of focus on the process more than the result. At the mm. end of that whole process, if, if that person ends up leaving because of a personal reason or something happens, focus on the process. What could you have done better in the interview and the, the setting expectations, which we'll talk about? And, and at the end of the day, I mean, you can't control every little factor. There's always going to be outside things, but you can go back and, and adjust and tweak the process. And that's what you really have control over. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's like when, when, uh, when you're thinking to yourself about like, okay, like what can I identify or, or like what's on my plate? You have to think about it. Like, what are you doing right now? Like, what is one thing that you said, man, if I could just get that one thing done, I would just, I would pay someone to do it. Like, what is that one thing? And then from there you have the next thing is kind of like, who is your perfect worker, right? So let's talk about that a little bit. Like identifying the perfect worker is, is what, I mean, we're, we're, I mean, someone that's, we're going to clone ourselves and, you know, like, so maybe talk about that. Yeah. And that's really the secret. Number two is if you don't know what you want, um, you're never going to find it. And most of the time you're not looking for your cloning yourself. Uh, one of the reasons that my business partner and Connor work so well together is while we have the same goals, the same vision, the same value, we're totally different people. We're good at and bad at the opposite things. And when I try to hire someone for my, writing my blog, for example, I want them to be a much better writer than I am. I want them to be better at research than I am. Um, same thing on Amazon listings, maybe on the writing side, or if you're running PPC, maybe you want a more analytical person. So we're really figuring out what that perfect person looks like, but not just the skill set. Think about the schedule, the availability. Are you actually hiring someone full time? If not, what kind of commitment can they make to you? Do you need someone that can work every Saturday? Because that's going to change how you approach finding that person. What's your budget? US, non-US. The last thing you want to do is invest into someone only to run out of budget in a week. And, and that was a total waste. So really getting down to the nitty gritty so you know what that perfect worker looks like so that when you come across them, you're like, boom, that's my guy. And then you move forward. Okay. So, and then, you know, you talk a little bit about setting a budget, but how do I know what that task is worth? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a great question. I spent a lot of time on this. If you actually go to freeup.com and click pricing, you can see like ballpark pricing for different skill sets. I, I like to break it down into, into three levels. So you got low-level, mid-level, and expert-level workers, where the low-level workers, maybe they have experience, but they're doers, they're followers. They're there to follow your systems and processes. So that would be in that 5 to $10 an hour range. Mm -hmm. Then you got those mid-level people. They're more specialists. They're not there to consult with you. They're not there to really follow your system. They're there to do one thing really well. Maybe they're blog writers, maybe they're bookkeepers or graphic designers, and that might be in that 10 to 30 range depending on US or non-US. And then you got the top-notch experts, the 25 and up. Um, and, and those are people that can consult with you. They can create high-level game plans. They can execute them. They can project manage. They can help create systems and process for those lower-level people. And, and a lot of people, they're, they're looking for the wrong thing. They're like, hey, I need someone to run my Facebook ads. Let's hire a lower-level person. But they have no idea how to run Facebook ads. And that usually mm -hmm. doesn't turn out very well. So you have to kind of know what category you're going into. And it doesn't matter whether it's Amazon, eBay, marketing, those, those same ballparks still usually apply. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, I think it's like you got to think about it for yourself is like, how much is your time worth? Now, some people that are bootstrapping are like every little penny counts. So right now might not be the time that I'm going to hire someone. I'm going to do everything myself. But to me, you're also learning what it's going to take to run that business. So when I'm looking at a certain task, like I said, for like, you know, like, like you just said, it's, it's something that to me, what is worth my time? So if, uh, you know, for example, if someone's bringing me product ideas, all right, I'm going to just give them the criteria that I would be looking at. So it's kind of like mundane stuff. It's stuff that's just going to be, you know, happening, right? It's just things that I'm going to be going through. I'm going to be setting up my own filters, my own criteria. They're just going to be going through and saying, all of these match your criteria. Here they are. And then I can sit down. I don't have to go through that entire process and I can just go through and kind of cherry pick the ones that I want to dig into a little bit deeper. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. And it's all, even if you you're consider your hourly rate, maybe not as high as someone who's three years into their business, you can still figure out where you're focusing your time. Your focus right. should be on things that make you money that are focused on expansion, marketing, sales, getting new suppliers, getting new products to sell. So maybe it's pushing more products with PPC or optimization. It should be very high level stuff. I mean, doing bookkeeping is a, a good example. While you should have control over your numbers, inputting every single transaction is not a great use of your time. Exactly. There's no no expansion value there. So uh, really focusing on taking those tasks off your plate. And it usually starts off with social media posts or scheduling, bookkeeping, emails is a, is a big time killer, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. It, again, like kind of like those things that you're doing that, you know, that you're like, man, like uh, this isn't really helping the business grow. It's just kind of like I'm putting out fires in a sense. Um, or, or so, so social media is kind of like you're doing something, um, that you need to do and you're posting it, but maybe it's, you're creating the content, but then someone's posting it for you or they're scheduling it or whatever. Um, so those types of things is kind of what you're talking about. Exactly. That's a great place to start. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Now the third thing, uh, you have here interview to find the best. Talk a little bit about the interview process. Yeah. So that's what's very cool about this eight year, um, scheduling that, or this eight year process that we've been building of hiring from the first hire all the way to the people we're letting into the free up network right now, we're constantly going back and improving the process. And I break interviewing down into skill, attitude, and communication because mm. too many people, they go into an interview just looking for that really talented person, that person with 10 years of marketing experience, but they don't focus on the other two things, the, the attitude and the communication. And I, if you don't focus on all three, a lot of times you end up with that bad experience. So with attitude, you want someone who's positive. We've all worked with someone who's a cancer. But even more than that, you want someone who's really passionate about what they do. I'm passionate about hiring. I'm passionate about being an entrepreneur. I don't really like bookkeeping. If I hire a bookkeeper, they have to be as passionate about bookkeeping as I am about being an entrepreneur. And, and those are really the type of people we look for when getting into the free up network. You want to hire people that really love their work, love their job, love what they do. And then with communication, I mean, I don't care how talented you are. I don't care what your attitude is. If you can't communicate with me at the highest possible level, it's never going to work out. And yes, they have to speak the same language, but it goes well beyond that. People that if their house is burning down, you at least get a text message. So you're not chasing someone across the Philippines or across the U.S., Someone who can keep you up to date, hit deadlines, estimate time properly, um, and, and have a good productive meeting where you leave there and you're actually on the same page. And those are the things that, especially when you're hiring for something that 
you might not be a pro at. Maybe you don't know development that well and you need to hire a developer. The, the attitude and the communication are huge because those end up being the most honest, worthwhile people to hire. Mm. Yeah, I, I think a great example of that too is like if you hired a graphic designer, they may be coming up with like new creative spins on the project that you kind of set them off with, but then they're like, oh, it'd be really cool if we did this and, and, and maybe you could do this over here or, or maybe we can add this color or maybe we can add this to it to bring it to life. Like you're getting in a creative mind now and that's where they love to be where you not, you're, you're necessarily, you just want the end result. You know, exactly. I mean, people in business speak a different language than a lot of different people out there. They don't have the business background. So you do want people that you can communicate with no matter what the backgrounds are. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's a great point. Uh, okay. So moving on to the next one here on your list is setting expectations. Let's talk about that a little bit. So this is where people go wrong in their hiring. They, um, they hire that really good person. Maybe they vetted them for the attitude and the communication. And then they just throw them to the wolves. They hand them the project and they get going without laying out what the good and what the bad is. Remember, a lot of times these are freelancers. These are contractors. They work for numerous clients. And every client of theirs has a different set of expectations, a different set of rules of what's good, what's bad, what's approved, what's not approved. So spending that little extra time to get on the same page saves you a ton of time down the line. You want to make everything as black and white as possible. A good example of this is one of my pet peeves is I get, I get a thousand Skype messages every day. And if someone messages me and they're like, hey, Nate, and then they wait for my response before asking a question, that, that would just drive me crazy if a thousand people were doing that to me every day. But how would a new person working with me ever know that if I didn't tell them that up front? Right. So I, I like to set expectations and make it really clear. I have a great document called the client expectations doc. You can get on the free up blog where you can actually write out your expectations on a piece of paper and hand it to them and get on the same page from day one, asking them if they have any questions, answering them and, and really getting off on the right foot. Mm. Yeah. I think setting expectations is a big one. And I think you just telling them up front, this is what we expect. And this is kind of our culture or our business uh, mindset or whatever. You're going to have people that are going to understand that right off the bat. If you don't tell them that they don't know it. And then if they do something, you can't get upset with them because you didn't tell them. Um, so, and, and I think that's going to take a little bit of time to, I think, to kind of go through this process and kind of figure out like, uh, I you know, when, when I, when I was getting ready to hire someone for even a project or whatever, I always have to go through these, these three or four things that I don't think I should need, you know, I shouldn't have to. So what do you do? You create something that upfront that tells them, listen, uh, we don't need this, this, and this, and they aren't going to come to you with the thing that's going to annoy you in your case. And then, you know, you've kind of already gave them the expectation of what you're looking for. Yeah. And you can set very basic ones if you never hired before. Hey, if we have a meeting, I expect you to be two minutes early. Um, if you hit a do, if you give me a due date, I expect you to hit that. Um, if we're communicating, I expect you to ask questions and don't just be a robot that says yes, even if you don't understand. Just setting those basic expectations will help you have a better experience. Yeah. I, again, it's all about relationships though too, right? It's like, you know, once you start, I mean, you got to remember if you're doing this and you know, you're maybe even giving them a test project to do or whatever, you know, it's something that you could have this long-term relationship with. So I look at everything that I do in business and in life, it's just like everything that we do is really, I guess, connecting us to other people that could potentially help us or, or, you know, help each other in some way. And you just don't know. So to me, it's like just having that good open communication and expectation is, is one of those is having like, you know, certain expectations and then letting people know, like being open with them and, and letting them know, uh, you know, ahead of time. 
you know. Yeah, and you nailed it. And not to get too far off track, but relationships are everything. I mean, even if you have a bad experience with someone, um, I, I mean, I have people that I'm still friends with who I fired years ago, um, and, and just not not burning bridges. That's not to say yeah. that you have to be best friends with everyone in the world, but I mean, th there's a pr proper respectful way to go about it. And if you can build those relationships, you're going to have a better overall business. Absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent. Okay. Moving on. Okay. We've set the expectations now. Uh, let's say, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to hire someone and we're going to kind of get them into our business. How do we, how do we integrate them into the business? So one of the things that people leave out is or one of the things that people tend to do is they're like, okay, you're finding products for me. Um, here's a sheet, go do it. Let me know when you're done. Mm -hmm. And that person has no idea why they're doing it, what the goals are, um, what, how it helps or affects your business in any way. So I like to take a step deeper. I introduce them to different people that are on my team that they might be working with. I tell them the company goals. One of the goals for this year at free up is to build 10,000 hours in one week. If I hire a graphic designer to build an infographic, they know what the goals of the company are. And people might think that's silly, but it actually motivates people to the extreme. People mm. want to feel like they're part of something. They want to feel like they have a purpose. They, it'll make them stick with you longer. Even if you're hiring someone for a one-time project, you never know when you're going to go back to that person. And the last thing you want to do is hire a new person every time you need something done. It's good to build that Rolodex and get people that you can actually rely on. So by keeping people involved, by setting goals, while by introducing them to the other people you work with, or your, your other business partners, and kind of letting them know what's what and giving them that almost orientation, you're going to have a lot more motivated workers. And really, at the end of the day, motivation means more money or lower costs for you. Yeah. And, and I think also, too, I mean, even just letting them know up front that, you know, you're looking for someone to add to the team. Right. So it's kind of like you're you're saying, like, listen, we're, we're doing this. This is what our mission is. This is what our uh, you know, this is what our goals are. And we want you to be part of the team to help us get there. And if you have a graphic designer or if you have a, someone who writes really you know good blog posts, what they're doing, they know drives the business. And to them, it's kind of like, you know, you're a player on the team. So if you do well in, in this, in, in your performance, you know, we have a good chance of, of kind of, you know, winning the game, if you will, you know, in a sense to where you can get to that place that you want to go. Um, so I, I agree. I think that's a, it's really important to kind of keep people involved and also let them know that you're part of the team. Um, not just, you know, you're doing a job for me. Great. Here's your pay. See you later. Have a great week. Um, I think that's important. I really, I really do. Um, all right. So, and the last thing you have here on the list is really setting up regular communication methods. I love that. I want to hear what is your, what is your strategy here for that? Because I think communication is everything. Um, you know, some people say, you know, meet every day. Some people say every other day. Some people say once a week, they say a certain time limit. You should be no more, no less. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? So the biggest thing is just setting a communication expectation up front. I mentioned that there, I don't want to work with robots. I want people that part of their job description is bringing feedback, bringing ideas to the table in an, every day. And one of the things that has, I mean, some of the best ideas that have made me the most money didn't necessarily come from me. They came from people in the team because I create an environment 
where they felt good about sharing their feedback and they didn't think that they were going to get shot down. And that doesn't mean that I was going to implement their feedback instantly every single time, but I would at least take the time to listen to it. So by setting up that kind of atmosphere, that kind of communication, that kind of culture, you're going to get a lot more out of people. And that makes it easier to have those meetings pretty consistently. And I mean, I, I meet once a week, every Monday morning to get on the same page. And then I'll have specific team meetings, um, depending on what's getting done. And there are times where I'm like, Hey, here's a two week project. Go for it. Talk to me then. But just making sure that you can always check in with someone, someone that uh, setting the expectation for them to keep you updated so you know what's going on in your business, especially as a startup when it's it's your baby, it's your kid, and, and you want to know what's going on at every different point. The last thing you want to do is have to pull someone's teeth to, to get information out mm. of them. You want that communication constantly flowing, and, and it all starts from the top down. My, my business partner, Connor, and I, not only to our internal team, we communicate down, but we also communicate to 700-plus freelance in the free up marketplace. Same thing with our Amazon business, where when we know something, we're communicating it down and that leads for other people communicating it back up as well. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you have this, this chain in a sense, but yet, you know, depending on what you're working on is going to, you know, determine who you're having the meeting with. But then if you have other people that are kind of being fed in a sense, I guess, by what they're doing. Cause if let's say you have a manager that's kind of like working at all your graphics stuff, but now they're kind of managing two other graphics people. You don't necessarily have to have the meeting with those people. Not that you wouldn't want to every now and then, but you could, you could totally do it with the other person. And then they're going to communicate it down and kind of talk about exactly what, what needs to get done. Exactly. And what people don't realize is it's the people at the bottom that really understand what's going on with your business. If you go into a restaurant that's not doing well and you talk to the owner, you're, you're not going to get as much information as if you talk to the wait staff who's actually inter interacting with the clients or the customers on a day-to-day -day basis. And the same thing applies for your business as you grow. You want to continue communicating down and figuring out how do you talk to those bottom people, even if it's not every day. Yeah. It, it's kind of like um, the show Undercover Boss. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. I love like, that show. I mean, <laughs> they go into the business disguise so they can understand the, you know, the, the workplace, the, the people that are, that are making it all happen. And it's funny that a lot of these CEOs or a lot of these owners, they have no idea to do the job. That's actually the job that's making the money, right? Like it's, it's, it's crazy, but it's so true. And you learn so much. And, and sometimes it's a, a little tweak to make things work better or make them feel appreciated. Um, and it's just, it's crazy that, you know, people think, the other way, right? They think it all happens at the top. And really it does. Like you said, it happens at the bottom. And I know we're talking a little bit, you know, like we've already scaled this thing to where we've got, you know, 15, 20 employees, but it could be with like two or three different people. You might have one person that, you know, reports back to the other person about, like I said, graphics, it could be that simple. Uh, but I think it's really important to make sure that everyone's on the same page and, and that you are listening and that you're also reachable. And I, I think that's, that stuff's all important in, in communications. That's to me, it's about, it's, it's what it's all about. It's, it's, I mean, it's what makes a marriage work, right? It's like, you know, if you have open communication, you guys know where you guys are, you got less problems, you know, air it out. Right. Exactly. And you got to have that communication before you build the big family. And that's really where we're at now with mm. a lot of new entrepreneurs. When you're adding those first two people from the team, you got to get set that communication standard. So as you add more and more people, you don't lose it down the line. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's some great points. A couple questions. Uh, all right. So let's just say, for example, I wanted to hire someone. Uh, what typically, like how many hours can I hire someone for? Like if I only have like something that I think is going to be not even a one-off thing, but maybe it's just something I need occasionally, 
You know what I mean? Like we talk graphics a lot of times. Um, you know, like if I don't have enough work for that person, can I still hire someone? Yeah. And that's one of the cool things when I was building free up, I really took everything I liked about all these different hiring platforms and everything that I hated and got rid of those. So th there's no minimums. You can hire someone for five hours a week, one hour a day, whatever it is. Um, it's first come first serve. So, I mean, they're welcome, they're welcome to get other clients to fill up their other hours. Um, both inside and outside free up. Um, but we're never taking those workers away from you. You're, they're yours for those hours. And if you hire someone for a one-time project and you don't talk to them for three months, they, they may, may or may not be available um, when you come back. But the more realistic thing is they'll be like, yes, I'm available, but I need 48 hours to finish a project for my past client or, or whatever it is. So mm. um, there, there are no minimums and it's very easy to scale your business up. And do you, do you feel that like, if you can get to that point and again, I mean, depending on how much you're paying and stuff, but like, do you think it's better than if you can figure out a time in your business to hire someone full-time or at least give them a steady, even part-time and that way they're, they're kind of dedicated to you? Yeah, I'm a big fan of just diversifying. I mean, I have plenty of full-time people, but I also have part-time people, and I do it very strategically. I don't want to make anyone too irreplaceable, and this is kind of like a bonus secret. Mm. Um, as you're building up, too many people fall into the trap. They find that one person they really like, and they load them up with everything, and they train them for eight months, and what if that person gets sick or yeah. quits and gets another job? And how do you ever replace that? It can set your business back. So mm. for me, if you're hiring one full-time customer service person. And I advise this to clients all the time. I'm like, why not just hire two part-time people for 20 hours a week? They can cover for each other and you're a lot more protected down the line. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, you know, I've found this, uh, you know, with even, uh, you know, friends of mine that, you know, are in the online space as, as we are. And, uh, you know, I had one, one of my friends who, you know, they had someone that was great and they did an awesome job and they were doing a lot of the work and they were, you know, communicating with some of their, you know, some of their other VAs and stuff. And then that person decided they just wanted to go out and kind of do their own thing. And now all of a sudden you got to train someone that actually communicates with everyone that's down below them. So uh, that's, that's tricky too. So, and again, I'm not saying you might, you know, you don't have to have two managers, but you could. Um, but I think like you said, if you can diversify the tasks, you're probably protected more, uh, for someone that says, Hey, you know what? I think I want to go out here and do this thing on my own and I don't have time for you anymore. It's okay. You got someone else to cover it until you get someone else trained. I think that's important. I think that's great. Yeah. And it's within reason. It doesn't mean that instead right. of a 20 hour a week person, you hire 20 people for an hour, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you gotta be smart as you build up your team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and then the other thing is too, like, uh, you know what I, some people don't mind hiring in the Philippines and some people say, I only want us, you know, based, or I, I want someone in a certain country or whatever. Uh, you know, have you found that it's easier for someone in, in the States or to work with, or does it just depend? So we, through no pre-planning, our marketplace ended up being about 40% Philippines, 40% US, and 20% and around, scattered around the world. Um, for whatever reason, Filipinos tend to do better in our process and make it through. Um, but I have clients that are hiring US people um, that love it, and I have clients that are doing strictly Philippines. And Honestly, I'm a combination of both, and I have a lot of clients that are a combination of both as well. It really depends more on the person um, than it does where they're from. Okay, okay. And, and that, that makes sense. I mean, I think, you know, myself personally, I really don't care as long as, like, they meet all that criteria that we just kind of went over, right? It's like, as long as that all fits. And some people would say, well, they're from the Philippines, they won't have good English. That's not true. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it, it does depend, but I, I, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't, I guess, close my mind to, uh, to hiring in different locations. The bottom line is we want the job done and we want it done right. And we want them to also be, you know, a strong asset to our, our business. You know, I think it's huge. Um, let's recap real quick. And then I want to talk about free up. I want to talk about like why you decided to create this thing. Well, I kind of know why, but I want you to talk a little bit more about it and also the process. So number one, you talked about identifying your first task and taking it off your plate. So if you're just starting right now, you're listening to this and you're like, I don't need one yet. Just go through the exercise and maybe you're not there yet, but maybe you'll be there in six months from now. But I would just do this. Or if you feel like you're, you can't get anything done because you're busy, because you get this thing and that thing, just go through this because you may uncover something that you may want to delegate. Um, the second thing was identifying the perfect worker and setting a budget. I think that's important. The next one was interviewing to find the best. And I think that's really important because you don't know until you interview someone. And it may even be doing a test project to see how well you kind of work together. Um, and then setting expectations. Again, another another great point because you want to let them know up front what you expect. And then integrating them into your business, allowing them to see what you're doing and kind of like your main goal, your vision for, for the business. Letting them in on that, I think, is, is key. And then the last thing was setting up regular communication methods. And I think that is ultimately the best piece of advice because I think communication is everything. And you can't know what to fix if you don't know what is broke. So you got to be able to, to talk about it. And I think that that really does uh, sum it up there for all of those different things when hiring, but definitely identify first, what is, what is that one thing that you could take off your plate right now that would help you grow your business? That's the big question. Um, so with that all being said, and, and all of this great advice, uh, let's talk a little bit about like, so if I wanted to come to free up and I wanted to hire someone, what's that process look like? Yeah. So I, back in the day, I got sick of just going on in the Upworks, the online job PH, posting a job, getting hundreds of people to apply and having to interview them one by one. And then even if I got someone and it didn't work out and they quit, all that investment was out the window and I had to start that entire process over again. So I wanted a faster way. So at FreeUp, we get hundreds of applicants every week. We vet them for that skill, that attitude, that communication that we talked about. We take the top 1% and we let them in. And then we make them available to clients first come first serve. So clients like it, it's free to sign up. Um, there's no monthly fee. Anytime we need a worker, you put in a request. We fill that request within 24 hours, usually faster with, with those pre-vetted workers. Then you can meet with them. If you like them, you click the hire button and you're good to get started. If you don't like them, you click reject and you put in feedback on why we went wrong. And we take that feedback and get you someone else based on that feedback. And then the cool thing on the back end is we're very hands-on to make sure you have a good experience. Um, I mentioned I get a lot of Skype messages. I have um, assistants that cover my email and Skype 24-7, and my calendar is right at the top of the website. But the coolest part is on the back end, we're insurance against turnover. If a worker quits on you for any reason, and we have incredibly low turnover, but it is real life, we cover all replacement costs and get you a new worker right away um, so that you know you're taken care of. So it saves you a ton of time on the front end and protects you on the back end. Okay. Okay. No, that's, that's huge. Uh, that's, that, that's really, that's really cool. Um, okay. So, and then let's say, for example, I hire someone, how do I know how much work they've done? What, I'm just taking their word for it or am I, is it per job? Like, am I, am I saying, well, that job should take two hours. Like maybe I don't know how long that job takes. How does that get tracked, I guess? Sure. So we have a time clock software that they punch in and punch out of. Um, but 
the hours are between you and them. And, and there's a few different ways that you can go about it. Um, you can come up with hours per week. It's 20 hours a week. It's an hour a day, whatever it is. Um, and they'll work that. And any hours that you um, that they work beyond that without your approval, you're not responsible for. And you can just tell me or my team and we'll take care of it. The other thing is project-based. So if you have a project and you present it with them, they'll give you two numbers. They'll give you an estimated hours and a due date. And then it's up to you if you want to approve it, or if not, you can always get another estimate from a different worker. So you, you have a few different options on how you want to go about it, depending on um, where you're at, at your business. Okay. So if I, I'm, I'm going to have kind of like a heads up by them, they're going to look at the project and go, it's going to probably take me X amount of time. Or if I said, listen, I want you to post, you know, four times a day on my social media. Um, you know, I'm going to basically, you know, have some, another VA, maybe drag it up to a folder. And all you're going to do is post it and go in and do all that stuff. And they're going to say, well, it's going to take me a half hour a day or an hour a day or whatever. And then if I'm okay with that, then I approve it. And then we're good to go. Is that how it works? Absolutely. And you can either even hire, let's say, an Amazon expert or a marketing expert to audit what you're doing. Maybe you hire them for an hour or two, and then they give you different options, different game plans, and work with you to come up with one that not only you can afford, but one that makes sense for you. So there, there's a bunch of different ways you can go about it, depending on what you're trying to do. Oh, okay. I like that too. So you can almost hire someone that can uh, consult in a sense to where they, they're going to look at, maybe maybe it's your listings, and they can give you some ideas of what they would do to fix it. And then in order for them to fix it, you would pay them kind of thing. Exactly. And there, there are workers from five to $50 an hour, um, even a few that are higher than that inside the marketplace. So no matter what your budget is, whether you're looking for a customer service rep in the Philippines or someone with 10 years of Amazon experience, it, there's everything in between. Okay. Okay. And, and what do you, what do you find? This will be my last little question here for you, but what do you find, uh, most people, and maybe it's all over the place, but I'm just curious, what are most people hiring for? Um, I, I guess maybe in our space, in the e-commerce space, in the, in the Amazon world, do you, do you find like there's certain things that people are hiring things to be done? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely all over the place. I mean, we fill a lot of different skill sets. Even today, if I look at the requests that came in, they're, they're all over the place. But if we're just focusing on e-commerce and Amazon, um, I mean, customer service is something everyone wants to get taken off their plate. Sure. So that's that's pretty huge. Um, optimizing or writing Amazon listings, um, anything with inventory or pricing control, um, and, and PPC campaigns. We know how popular that's become um, recently, whether it's Facebook ads, driving traffic externally, or inside um, your Amazon account. Those are definitely very popular. Cool. And so if I went into the marketplace and I searched for a thing, would, I, would it show me people that have that skill set? No. So the way it works is you log into your account, you click the request a worker button. It asks you 10 questions. So we know exactly what you want. It takes a minute. You select US, non-US, or you don't care, your price point, um, how many hours a week you need, if you know it. Um, and it just asks you 10 questions. So we know what your perfect worker looks like. You submit the request and then we introduce you to one to three options within 24 hours. Oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So that basically I'm not having to look through and kind of make my own decision. You guys have already kind of vetted them. Exactly. And if it's something that's more personal preference, like the writers or the graphic designers, which is a little bit harder to put into sure. a worker request, um, we do have a list of portfolios if you prefer that. But for your average job, um, you're putting in a worker request. Awesome. Awesome. This has been really good, man. And, uh, you know, I think that a lot of people are going to get value from it just because to them, they might be thinking, well, you know, I have no idea how to go out there and hire someone. If you go to Upwork, you're kind of on your own. Um, to where you're like, well, you know, yeah, I'm seeing what other people had said, kind of like the review system, but this is done a little bit differently. And I like that. And uh, I think it opens up 
a lot of opportunities for people to uh, to kind of focus on the areas that they want to focus on, but then also even just spending a little bit of money to have a certain task done that could that could potentially grow their business. So I, I love that. Any last little bits of advice for anyone that's thinking, you know, maybe they're ready or maybe, uh, you know, they don't know where to start as far as getting this stuff done. Like what, what would you say to them? My advice is I'm here to help you along the way. I put my calendar right at the top of the free up website for a reason. At any time you can book a time with me, I'd love to talk to you about your business, answer any questions you have, um, and really point you in the right direction. Cause that's what it's all about. What, what makes sense for one person might not make sense for another. So we're really there to be fast, to be hands-on, to make sure you have a good experience. We're really not interested in you hiring someone for two hours and then just being like, oh, I, I got to go back to doing it myself. We want to make sure that it actually grows your business, frees up your time and that you have a good experience. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And that's that's pretty crazy too. You have your calendar up there so people can just go ahead and book, book a time and, and kind of uh, chat if they want to. But uh, that's awesome. So how would people, wh where would be the place that they would go if they wanted to even just look into hiring someone through your through your services? Yeah, well, you're going to put a link in. Um, anyone that signs up through the link, it's a dollar off their first worker. We're also going to add a $25 credit for the first 25 people um, that sign up. Um, and you can create an account. It's free. Like I said, there's no minimums. There's no monthly fee. At the very least, you can keep it in your back pocket for when you're ready to hire. Um, and if you do have any questions, you can always book that time with me. Um, you can also check out the free up blog where we post a lot of great hiring content to really help you, whether you're at the beginning or you've just been hiring for years. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I look forward to working with all you out there and, and thanks so much for having me on yeah no problem and yeah what i'm gonna do uh nathan i'm gonna actually create a pretty link so people can just go there at the amazing forward slash free up so just i'll just spell it as f-r-e-e -E up and that'll be a link that will direct them over there and they can get that information. I'll also link it up in the show notes. But uh, yeah, Nathan, I wanna, I wanna thank you for coming on. This has been awesome. It's gotten me excited and I know the power of it, but it always gets me even more excited to see, you know, just the world that we live in, to be able to go out there and and hire people remotely and build a, a mini team that can go out there and, and help grow your business and whatever you're doing. Um, and, and these are also skill sets too, guys. Remember that when you're learning how to do this, this this can also you know kind of go over to other things, other areas that you might be working in five years from now. Like so, to me, it's it's about building up a way to or a skill set to go out there and uh, and be able to build out a little a little uh, you know a little team. So this way here, you can build your business, whether it's here on Amazon or e-commerce or whether you're going to do it in another uh, another area of your entrepreneurship. Uh, we're not sure where we're going to be in five years, but uh, it's definitely a skill set I think that people should pay attention to. So Nathan, I want to thank you for coming on, man. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of the day. Happy holidays. All right. So there you go. Hopefully you understand now that to hire someone, it's not really that big of a deal because you're going to be doing it when you need it, all right? And I'm not here saying that you have to go out there and outsource like today, but I can almost guarantee that there's things in your business right now, even if you're just starting, that you could probably hire someone on an hourly basis, even if they only worked five hours for you, to do a task and probably get it done faster and better if you gave them you know, the things to do or the thing that you wanted them to do, whether that's product research and you give them the criteria and you do the work of showing them what you want and then they start pulling in all of the products that meet your criteria, 
then that might be something they could do. Or maybe it's customer service. Maybe that's someone that's going to log in once a day and they are going to go through your customer emails and they're going to respond to those people. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe it's bookkeeping. Maybe you're at the stage now where you're like, you know what? I don't want to do my books because it's getting a little bit overwhelming or I just don't want to touch my books. I just don't like it. So whatever it is, think about right now, is there something that is kind of holding you back that would make life a lot easier for you and also get you a little bit further ahead? I think that's how you have to think about it. And going through these six tips, and again, I put them in the show notes, theamazingseller.com forward slash 467. Or again, if you want to hook up with Nathan, if you want to check out his company, Free Up, just go to theamazingseller.com forward slash free up, F-R-E-E-U-P. And uh, you will go to his site and uh, you can go ahead and start looking at what it will take to get started. You can reach out to Nathan. You can reach out to his team. You get any answers uh, that you need before you make a decision. And I think it's it's something that when you're going out there and you have no idea where to start, this is a great service that he is providing because they're doing a lot of the background checks. They're vetting out all of the different virtual assistants or uh, you know independent contracts. Actors, uh, you know, they're doing all that work for us. And of course, if they don't work out, they don't work out. And then you let Nathan know and the team knows. And then from there, they're going to probably not have them in their service directory anymore. Uh, so to me, they've done a lot of the work, most of the work. All you really need to do is kind of like fill in the blanks and go through that process. And then from there, once you get one or two virtual assistants that, that are specifically doing one task, I'm telling you, it is so freeing and take it from me, someone that is really a control guy where I like to do a lot of my own stuff. I know how to do a lot of stuff, but it's not really my best interest to do it all. And I, I'm talking all the way back to when I was in the contracting days, when I was, uh, you know, hiring people to do work for our company, I had a tough time giving them my tool belt and saying, here, go do the job because I wanted to do it my certain way, even though they were doing just a good a job, just a different way. And they were probably doing it better, but I had my own way. And until I got out of my own way is when I really started to see growth in all of the businesses that I'm operating. I mean, the ones more current right now are, you know, the new brand. You know, we have, you know, people that are helping us in that process that's making it grow faster. And then, you know, the Amazing Seller Podcast. You know, I started this thing with just myself, writing my own show notes, doing my own transcripts, like kind of all that stuff. And then I said, you know what, in order to be able to give more to the community, I need to give more of myself and not really doing the back end stuff or, you know, the writing of, uh, you know, the show notes, because all you're really doing is listening to the show notes and then, or I'm sorry, the, the recording, and then you're doing a, uh, you know, kind of like a summary of it. Well, someone else can do that. I don't have to do that. So until I got out of my own way, that's when I started to see growth. And it's, again, it's something that I, I still struggle with. I mean, we're talking about even stuff done around the house. Me and my father, if we get together and we're doing a project together, look out because he's got his way and I've got mine way. I don't know if you guys have someone in your life that's like that, or they'll start telling you a certain way to do it, or you'll, it, it's hard, but I can almost guarantee if I walked away and just let him do it or vice versa, the job's going to get done and it's probably going to get done just as good, if not better, depending on who's the strongest at that, right? So, all right. So just wanted to, again, remind you, if you want any more information about this, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash free up, uh, or you can go to the show notes as well with these six tips at theamazingseller.com forward slash 467 and all of the resources will be found there. 
And just know that, you know, depending on where you are, you need to ask yourself these questions. And I think go through step number one or tip number one here that he gave you is figure out and identify if there's one area right now that you could free up some of your time. All right. So guys, that is going to wrap up this episode. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.